Welcome to Voices of CFMA, Construction Financial Management Association's podcast featuring conversations with our members. I'm your host, Kate Platt, CFMA's Marketing Manager. Throughout 2021, CFMA has been celebrating its 40th anniversary, and who better to speak on this transformation of the association than CFMA's President and CEO, Stuart Binstock. Stuart, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks, Kate. But I have to say, you know, you said you're featuring conversations with our members and I don't qualify. So I don't know. Should we continue this interview? I, you know, we might have to start over. I, I'm very sorry. You definitely are not a member. <laughs> That's okay. I just, you know, as your boss, I was just, you know, pointing out, uh, you know, a, a tiny little. The flaws. A little flaws. Yeah. The flaws on our 14th episode, but you know. Well, better late than never. <laughs> so, Stuart, uh, do you mind sharing with us, you know, from the beginning, how did you get involved with CFMA? What is your origin story? So, let's see. Do you want the 20-minute uh, version or the 60-minute version, Kate? I will take the 60-minute version. It'll give me <laughs> opportunities to edit. <laughs> well... Uh, I have been involved in the Construction Industry Association for quite a while before CFMA came around. Uh, I had worked for the uh, Associated General Contractors. Then I always like to say it's the only time that architects paid more than general contractors because I got uh, stolen away by the American Institute of Architects. Uh, and then I headed up the educational program for the National Electrical Contractors Association. Um, and then I was the CEO of a small union uh, uh, contractor uh, employer association for a while. And this job came up and it was, it was kind of written for me. I mean, I read, the, I read the job description and I was like, my God, this describes everything I've done in my, my past uh, in the association world and combines uh, some of my expertise in the construction world. So um, I interviewed and uh, I was told at the time I beat out about 300 people for the job. So uh, that was rewarding in and of itself. I mean, even if I hadn't lasted on the job, that would have been great. Um, and uh, so lo and behold, uh, I was based in uh, the Washington, D.C. area. I lived uh, in uh, one of the suburbs in Maryland. And then um, after uh, I had been here for seven or eight years, I moved to Princeton uh, permanently. And uh, that's where I reside currently at HQ headquarters, national office. We use all these different terms, depending on who we're talking to uh, in Princeton. Exactly. And that's, I didn't realize that you had quite a, such a background in construction. That was important because uh, I think one of the things I've been able to bring to the table as the CEO is I can talk to our members about issues that, that really concern them. So I can talk to a member about design build and how it's working out for them and what are the pitfalls. And I can talk about appropriations. I used to essentially be a lobbyist for AGC and do a lot of lobbying on Capitol Hill. So I, I have a, a broad based background that has really helped me um, have been of value to our members uh, and also value to the association. I remember when I came on board, I'm also, I, I don't tell people this often, but I am an attorney as well. And I remember 
when I first came to CFMA, we had a $35,000 budget for uh, legal fees. And uh, the first time a contract crossed my desk, someone in the office said, oh, uh, we'll send that to our law firm. And I said, well, why do we send this to our law firm? And they said, well, they do a legal review. I said, well, you know, I think I can do that. And I've been doing it the last 11 years. So I can't tell you how much money. Multiply 35 times 11, and that's how much money the office has saved since I came on board. So I'm a, I'm a good, not only hopefully do I know something, but what a great deal. Truly the best deal possible. Yep, yep. So while you haven't been at CFMA for all 40 years, you've done quite a bit uh, in the last 11 years that you've been with us. Can you share about the evolution of the association? Well, I'll, I'll say two things about that. One thing I'll say about what's been constant for 40 years, and then the other is I will point out something maybe that has changed since I came on board, or maybe two things. Um, so what has not changed is the notion of customer service and caring about our members. I know when I came here, uh, that seemed to be paramount, and we've certainly worked hard over the last 11 years to carry that sentiment forward, and I think we really do care about our members, and I think, uh, and actually our members care a great deal about us as well. So that kind of relationship has never changed uh, over the 40 years. The two things maybe that I've brought, and the first one I don't take at all credit for because it really was the idea of some of the leadership at the time, is we moved away. Um, when, I, when I came on board in our strategic plan, one of our goals was to grow the association by 10%. We had no metrics around it. We had no way of doing it. We had no plan for it, but we just had this uh, bold-faced statement that we were going to increase by 10%. So uh, in the esteemed wisdom of the leadership at the time when I came on board, we said, well, let's really focus on value and then members will come. And I believe that's what we've done over the last 11 years. We've really focused on bringing more and more value to our members whether it's free webinars, whether it's our educational programming, whether it's our new products and services like the uh, state tax law guide, uh, it's the benchmarker, all of these things, we focused on adding value to our members and uh, our membership has grown uh, quite a bit. I would be remiss if I didn't also mention the economy has been very good over those last 11 years. And when we look, when we track how we've done versus the economy, uh, they, they kind of sync up pretty nicely. So the economy, obviously, I was in the right place at the right time. But I also think uh, increase our member value has been helpful. The other thing that I think we've done, the major uh, contribution, if I could make one contribution that maybe was my focus, was external partnerships. And I think we've done a great job and we've increased those substantially over the last 11 years. We, we have partnerships with a whole host of associations. Uh, we have partnerships with a number of our vendors that have been uh, very good for CFMA and also I think very good for the vendors as well. Uh, but those external partnerships, when I came on board, someone said to me, congratulations, you're now the CEO of a sleeping giant. Uh, I think their point was C CFMA was a large organization could have a lot of clout, but didn't do very much. And I think over the last 11 years, we have definitely increased, our name value has, has increased. We now have 
and I think this is a true mark of our progress. We now have associations coming to us and wanting to talk to us about putting on programming. So uh, that I think speaks for itself. And I think that says a lot about where we've come from, from where we started. Absolutely. And it, just that last little part about other people coming to us really does demonstrate how much value CFMA brings, um, which I know is a, a core element of the strategy. Uh, yep, that's it, Kate. I agree. And now a word from our sponsor, Profits. Profix software centralizes all your financial data, including ERP, CRM, HR, estimating, and project management for a complete view of company performance. Contact Profix to learn how we can help better manage your project's cash forecasting, whip reporting, margin fade, and equipment utilization. So um, you've been part of so much, as you've just listed, but what's the one initiative or one project that really stands out in your mind as something that you are most proud of? Well, I, I think actually, when I think about that question, I think the answer is pretty clear. And uh, um, that's suicide prevention. Um, when that came across my desk about five or six years ago, we had an article from Cal Buyer, Christy Domboski, the editor of our magazine came in and said to me, uh, we got a it's a little different for us. It's not suicide prevention. It's not on tax law. It's not on succession planning. It's on suicide prevention. And Christy and I looked at each other and I said, let's print it and see what happens. And I don't think we had any idea the uh, tsunami of activity that would take place after we published that article. I think I am most proud of that because uh, it wasn't in the strategic plan, you know, and sometimes people go, what? It's not in your strategic plan. You can't do that. And and I actually, at times, have said to members of staff, um, where is that in our plan? And they'll look at me dumbfounded. And, uh, and sometimes I use that as an excuse for not doing something. But the reality is, if it's the right thing to do, and this was the right thing to do, there was nothing about this in our strategic plan. But it hit us like a ton of bricks. It hit us as the right subject for us to be talking about I mean I always have said why did a bunch of um, why did why did a bunch of accountants end up leading the charge on suicide prevention and that's because nobody else was and we picked up the mantle and so um, we owe a deep debt of gratitude uh, to Cal Byer and Sally Spencer Thomas for printing that article and writing that article we owe a great great debt of gratitude for Christy Dombowski for printing it and we owe a great debt of gratitude to our members who have been really responded to this initiative. And now it's a um, industry-wide issue. Uh, we're now part of a large coalition called the Construction Industry Alliance for Suicide Prevention, CIASP. And that organization puts together a great deal of information, mostly free. And I think we changed awareness in the construction industry. Uh, about suicide prevention. So I'm very proud of that. That is quite the accomplishment. Um, when I first came on board, you were just starting to lead the charge. So I've been able to watch this initiative grow my entire tenure at CFMA, and it's impressive. That is a great thing to, to add to your resume. Well, it really feels good about giving back to the, uh, the whole organization. CFMA giving back to the construction industry. So. Absolutely. 
And because this podcast is all about giving and getting advice, Stuart, we wanted to ask you, what is the best piece of advice you've received from a chairman? Uh, let's see. Well, I always tell the story about one chairman told me, do a good job or we're going to fire you. But I don't think that's the best piece of advice. Um, I think the best piece of advice from where I sit is um, I, I really is a delicate balance in my job between leading and following. And um, in some respects, uh, I try and lead the organization, but in other areas, I need to follow. And so I think someone said to me once, don't get too far out in front of us as uh, officers. Uh, so don't be leading the charge on something that you don't have our support for. And so I have always, before we do anything, I always try and enlist the support of the officers and the executive committee, because uh, I it, it never feels good to be a lone wolf out there on, a, on an island, and it's usually not successful. So bringing everyone together and getting a consensus really is what makes the most sense. And that consensus building is probably the best piece of advice I've, I've ever received. And an association is a unique organization and building that consensus is absolutely essential to being successful. Teamwork makes the dream work, right? Oh, look at you. <laughs> I like that kid. Well done. Thank you. So Stuart, we've reached the end of our interview, but I wanted to give you an opportunity if there's anything else you wanted to add on before we sign off. Well, I, I did uh, just this last week uh, impart a little information to the executive committee and the officers. So I might as well impart that to the rest of the crowd. Uh, I did announce that I will be retiring uh, August, 2023. So you still have me to kick around for a little while, as Richard Nixon said. Uh, I'll be around for another year and a half, but I have set the set that in place, both for my own personal reasons, and also I think uh, just, as, um, uh, just as important, I think the officers wanted a continuity plan and they want to figure out a transition and all of that. So we, I've talked to the officers now for quite a while about when that date would be, and we just announced that to the executive committee this past week. And so might as well give everyone else the word so I don't have to call everyone I individually know and see if I may let them know. And who knows, they probably wouldn't answer my, my phone call anyway. So this is, a, this is a more effective way to get the information out. Well, congratulations on your retirement. And thank you for giving some breaking news to our podcast. Wow, there you go. Breaking news you can put on. It's like the TV channel. You can have breaking news across the podcast, uh, you know. That'd be great, Kate. I'm glad, I'm glad I could provide you some breaking news. I will say, I just want to be clear about one thing. This was not an easy decision. This had some bittersweet moments. Uh, uh, I've loved CFMA. Going to get all sentimental now. Um, CFMA has been very good to me, and uh, I hope I've done the same for CFMA. As a six-year employee, Stuart, I concur. You've been great with CFMA, so thank you. Thanks, Kate. And thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode of Voices of CFMA. Join us next month when we talk about the 2022 Annual Conference and Exhibition.